0: Again, Merry Christmas and welcome to uh, Indelible Grace Church, or IGC, as you might hear if you're visiting. Um, I'm one of the pastors. My name's Tom. I pastor along with Wade. And um, we're just really happy to be celebrating together uh, this morning. So let me just tell you what I'm doing so that you know ahead of time. Um, I'm going to share a little bit, um, because... And I'll be in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles uh, on your phone you can or with you, you can go there if you want right now. That's fine. Um, but I'm going to share a little bit, and then we're going to have a kid's time where um, Kristen Wong's going to read the Christmas story to the kids. So, And they'll come forward for that. So just letting you know, I'm going to talk for a little bit. Then the kids are going to come up for the Christmas story. Kristen's going to read to them, uh, and we'll get to listen into that. So, um, So first of all, the reason we're doing it this way is... To me, life is best understood in the contrast, and what I mean by that is, um, if you think about last year for yourself, think back. I'll I'll give you a second to think back to this last year, and you're going to get a chance to do that. I mean, this is the season to be thinking about uh, what's happened in the past, and but for my family, for for me and Wendy, we had just thinking back to last year we had just newly arrived back in the states we didn't uh on christmas last year we didn't have um a church home and we had for the first time in our married lives that i could think of we had never church shopped before like looked for a church but we were still kind of in that process of doing that and looking for a church family to be a part of is really really hard it's it's it was so difficult um so last christmas we were still in that mode um I was looking at taking another job, just most, and I'd shared, I've shared this with uh, you guys before, but I was mostly trying to figure out what kind of person I am. And so I started uh, as a package handler at FedEx. And so, and I was looking into doing that last Christmas. And boy, you really do find out who you are if you handle packages during the holidays or at FedEx at all. So I was doing that. Um, And we also uh, got to spend Christmas with our children and our grandson, So that was a a new thing for us because we had been away and out of the country for a while. So what a difference, though, a year can make. Here we're sitting in Castro Valley, California, which I'll be honest, I don't think I knew existed. I don't don't know the Bay Area. I'm from Alabama, and so I'm, I'm in a new place, Castro Valley, enjoying it. Um, we have a new church family, um, you guys, and we're so grateful to be with you. Um, getting to know you, learning your names. Still love to have you wear your name tags, or you know, I know it's the kids that do that. But um, we've we've been reunited with old friends. Uh, Wendy went to high school with a girl and. Uh, We're staying with them when we're down in Castro Valley. And so we stay at their house. We've reunited with them. We were at her birthday party on Friday. Like, these are things that last year I couldn't imagine that we would be doing. Just the contrast. So I don't know your last year, how things are this year for you. The contrast of that is where you kind of find life, whether it's up and down and all around good or bad. In that contrast of last year and now this year is where life is for all of us. And you can think about that for yourself. So the reason I'm thinking of contrast is because if you look at the Luke 1 story of narrative of Jesus being born, we're, we're quick to run to the birth of Jesus where Mary is greeted by the angel Gabriel and all of that, which Kristen is going to read to the kids, But we often forget the first part of the narrative in Luke that he writes um, about Zechariah. And I want to spend some time contrasting Zechariah and his response to the angel that came to him and contrast that then with how Mary, how the shepherds responded um, to the coming of Jesus, coming to the long expected Jesus. Oh, and I'm using my... This, y'all don't know me, but forever I always did my notes on a yellow legal pad. And so y'all know that I've been trying to use my iPad. Um, I started using an iPad here at Indelible Grace Church, and last week it completely uh, ruined my life. So uh, I, it's it's in a it's in uh, it's in timeout. My iPad is in timeout, so I'm back to a yellow legal pad. So I only have my own notes and my own legal pad to blame if I completely don't know what I'm doing. But the iPad last week was really um, stumbling. So, let me just set up this uh, part of the story in uh, Luke 1 for you. Jesus is promised. We've been preaching during Advent. Um, Wade preached in Isaiah 8 and 9, where the children of Israel were being overtaken by the Assyrians, and it was bleak, it was bad. But God, through Isaiah, promised, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, right? Right? Jesus is promised back in Isaiah. I was preaching last week. I don't know if you could call it preaching. Again, my iPad uh, ruined my life. But I was looking at Genesis 3, where from the beginning, Jesus is promised. Genesis 3.15 says, He will crush the head of our enemy. Jesus was promised. Paul says in Ephesians 1 that Jesus was promised before the foundation of the world. That we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. So, Jesus, thousands of years, promised Thousands of years. And God's people were praying. They were hoping, uh, waiting, praying, and things seemed bleak. As we go into the New Testament era, the first century, things were bleak. 400 years of silence. The people of God were promised this Messiah, and there was silence. And so in Luke 1, in the text, starting at verse 5, This is routine for the people of God. They were gathering together. I'm going to to read in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. He had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, so he's a Levite, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. So... Here's this righteous priest who's in the eighth out of 24 divisions of priests that had been set apart to pray for centuries. The Levites were praying for the people of God, uh, for the promised Messiah to come, praying together, gathering in a routine way. And I would say the people of God here were gathered faithfully, but perhaps unprepared, not expecting. So, In verse 8 in chapter 1 of Luke, it says, Now while Zechariah was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And while the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, and there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, And fear fell upon him. Just note, when angels show up, most of the time people are afraid. Just something for us to think about. So Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And there at the end of this section, picking up in verse 17, it says, John will make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Right? So this is what's happened. This is the contrast in the first part of Luke. And when Kristen comes to read to the kids, we're going to hear the the contrast in the next part. But I want us to spend a second looking at this first part with Zechariah, who is a priest. He's a righteous man, walks before God, it says in Luke 1. They don't have children, he and his wife Elizabeth. He goes in, by lot, he's chosen to go in and pray for the people, to offer incense as the people wait and he goes in and it seems like the way the text reads to me is he's thinking it's going to be an in and out, you know, he's going in, do the incense, out again. You know, like your target run. When you go it's never like that, is it? No, it hasn't been that way for me either. We have a Target right across the street from where we live and it's it's never just in and out there at all. But Zechariah, it seems as though he's he's being faithful. The people have gathered like they always had customarily, traditionally, and here we are, the same, on Christmas Day, worshiping God together, gathered routinely, customarily. But Zechariah, he's giving, giving incense to the Lord, and an angel shows up and tells him, you're going to have a baby, John. And he's going to bring joy and gladness and prepare the way of the Lord. But boom, in verse 18 of Luke 1. This is where you can come back to me if you left me for a while, thinking about whatever Christmas gift or whatever it is. Come back to me now. Because here's the contrast. Zechariah said to the angel, Yes, exciting. No, he doesn't. He says, How shall I know this? Zechariah questions the angel like, "Uh, How am I going to know? And I love the response. It's one of my favorite things in Scripture. For I, and he says, for I'm an old man. My wife is advanced. You know, he, he's, he's asking the question of the angel, and then he's, he's telling a story, as though Gabriel doesn't know his story. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. It's, it's like Zechariah hears what the angel says and he's like, shut up. <laughs> and the angel says, know you first. Because the angel then says, and behold, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. That's how you're going to know. You're going to be silent until then and then you're going to know when they take place. I mean, y'all, the, it's a simple contrast. Here, Zechariah is questioning an angel who's told him everything that's going to happen. And yeah, it seems impossible. Zechariah went and did his customary thing. He did what was traditionally, and the lot fell on him. I'm sure he wasn't excited about it. I'm sure he's like, oh, okay, the lot has fallen to me. He has to go in and do this. And this amazing thing ha- happens, and he's just not ready. And so, I bring it to you. Are you ready? Are you Am I ready for what's going to happen this next year? As I look at my life, I'm an interim pastor. I have never done that before. And I I feel very un- unprepared. I want to be faithful, but I feel very unprepared. I don't know what you're facing coming in your future. But Jesus has been promised. In fact, he has come. That's why we're here celebrating Merry Christmas. What is your response to God today when he's telling you things and promising things to you? Maybe that you've prayed for so long. You're tired of praying the same things. You've had maybe what feels like 400 years of silence in your life. What things do you need to pray and ask God for in a customary way, routinely, traditionally, as you always have? And maybe God's going to show up in some booming way are we going to believe him? Are we going to trust him? You know, waiting on God in prayer, and I think it's something as I go into the new year with IGC, pastoring in my in my role of trying to love and be with you, and be lo- boy, I've been so loved by you. I'm so grateful. But as we go into the new year, praying, waiting on God, maybe having unexpected answers to our prayers as a church. I think the the hardest thing that we could do going into 2023 this year as a church is to believe God. Because Jesus actually said to his disciples that the work of God in our lives is belief, is that we would believe him. Can we go into 2023 believing, um, not silenced like Zechariah because we... Don't trust that God has has us and will answer in His timing and in His way. So that's Zechariah. That's his response. And he's so much like we are. And I'm not going to say that in the contrast of now bringing the kids up in a minute to have the Christmas story where we hear what Mary does, what the shepherds do. I'm not saying be like Mary or be like the shepherds. I'm saying... We want to be God's people in the modern day today. Jesus has come. We want to believe him for our future. So kids, I'm done yammering. Uh, Adults, I'm done yammering. So um, if the kids, uh, and that could be up babies, if you want, come come with your parents, babies. Um, If you want to come up, we're going to just be on the floor here. I'm going to bring a chair over for Kristen. And she's going to read out of the Jesus Storybook Bible, Luke 1. Yeah, you kids can come up. Have you all ever done this before where you have kids come up? Oh, good. Come on up, kids. And parents can come too. I'll move this out of the way. Yeah, just sit on the floor in front of Kristen. It's great. And this is Justin. He's also going to show pictures if you don't get to see them. So so come on up and sit in front of Kristen, right, right in front. Where you can see the book. And after Kristen's done reading, I'll say one or two things and pray for us.
1: show you the pictures so you can follow along. So once there was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of the king, David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel. (gasps) we just heard about and he was an angel a special messenger from heaven when he saw the tall shining man standing there mary was frightened you don't need to be as scared gabriel said god is very happy with you mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else mary gabriel said and he laughed with the gladness that mary's eyes filled with sudden tears Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He is the one. He is the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God? Was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel said. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Surely enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a long trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeeper said. There isn't a place here for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby was going to come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumbled-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there, in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night... God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him... Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us, because of course he had. So that same night, and amongst the stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clear. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born to be a spotlight, shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He had been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He put a star in the sky to show where his baby boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send the splendid choir? A big concert hall? Or a palace, Perhaps. No, God sent his to a little hillside outside a town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside of Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds. They said they were smelly and they'd sometimes call them rude names, which we wouldn't say here. You see, people thought shepherds were just nobodies or scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields warming themselves by a campfire. Then suddenly, the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat. They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shiny man says. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You could go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a glowing cloud, except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels. Troops and troops of angels armed with light, and they were singing a beautiful song Glory to God, to God be fame and honor, and all ours, hooray! Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, and raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some steep. Steep steps, past and in, around a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble down stable. They caught their breath. They quietly tiptoed inside and knelt on the dirt floor, for they heard about the promised child, and now he was here, Heaven's Son, the maker of the stars. A baby was sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like the bright star shining in the sky that night. A light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see, and the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. The
0: the end. You can stay right here. I'm just going to pray for us. So, well done, guys. Thank you all for reading. So, we've had more than an angel show us. We have, uh, Jesus has come. We have his spirit. We have his word. We have each other. So, let's pray together that God would continue to remind us of his goodness and that he has come to bless us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We're so grateful for Christmas morning that we can be together, that we can be reminded of your faithfulness. You answer prayers. You have come, Lord Jesus. We're so grateful. Would your word and spirit continue to work in us over this next year until we're with you? uh, We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.